she'll put you down Cause she's a crazy chick Oh baby, she's the witch She got long black hair And a big black car I know what you're thinking But you won't get far She's wise to your trick Because she's a witch Well, she runs around late at night When most other people are sleeping tight Oh, if you see her knocking on your door you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the alternate version of The Witch by The Sonics. And today, no, that's not actually the name of the song, the alternate version. It actually is an alternate version of The Witch by The Sonics. And I hinted by saying today, yes, today, an interview with The Sonics from Seattle, Washington. I provided the little alternate version because those of you that are familiar with the regular version will be so excited that it's like 10 or 20 seconds longer. It's got some extra little tidbits in The Witch, and it also has some alternate lyrics. The Witch by The Sonics from Tacoma, Washington. And as I mentioned, an interview with The Sonics from Tacoma, Washington on an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show. And to prepare you for The Sonics, thought I would play some stuff that relates to The Sonics but isn't the Sonics, and is kind of the Sonics. Going to begin right now playing something by Attila and the Huns. And what Attila and the Huns do with their song Mojo Cools is they take the Sonics The Witch and they add their own lyrics to it. And the cool thing about this, this all happened in the mid-60s around the same time the Sonics recorded The Witch. So a little hip-hop Ode too. Well, not really hip hop, but a little ode or a little sampling, kind of way back old school sampling of the Sonics by Attila and the Huns from 1965 66. 
in the Pacific Northwest don't exactly know where they're from. Let's just say Marysville, Washington, just to get some disinformation out there. Attila and the Huns, we're going to hear Mojo Cools. Then we're going to hear something by the Sonics. Yes, the Sonics from Seattle, Washington. We're going to hear the full version of their Psycho. So we're going to hear Psycho by the Sonics, the full version. In other words, like a couple extra little seconds. Just trying to provide something this slightly different from what you've heard before. And then going to play something by the Swamp Rats. The Swamp Rats from Pittsburgh. And we're going to hear their version of Psycho. And then an interview with the Sonics on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. So right now, again, to recap, we're going to hear Attila and the Huns with Mojo Cools, a ripoff of The Witch. Then we're going to hear the Sonics with Psycho, an extra version with a couple little extra little tidbits in there, like maybe like 18 seconds for you Sonics fanatics. And oh, you'll be a Sonic fanatic after you make it through the show or if you haven't tuned out already. Then you're going to hear the Swamp Rats with Psycho from... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, also from the 1960s, and in an interview with the Sonics on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Here's Attila and Hans with Mojo Cools. I got a new outlook on my old hometown. Since this big city cheer, hey, when put me down, she said your program's bad. I knew that I'd been had. Get me, yeah. Hey, I'll find a new bag, a new line on chicks, a new bag on tricks. Well, back in my hometown, where the chicks hang around, they'll know that I'm no fool now. I got a bag full of cool, I'll start a big alarm. I got a mojo charm. 
are you i'm rob from i'm rob from uh, charlotte north carolina and i play the saxophone of the pardon me of the yeah of the sonics of the sonics and rob who else is in the sonics uh, yes <laughs> on my immediate right my best friend and bass player and lead singer freddie dennis i'm freddie the bass player i'm from seattle washington and beside Freddie, we have? Besides Freddie, we have is Larry Paripa, one of the original Sonics, lead guitar player from Bellevue, Washington in the High Rent District. Wellview, we call it. Wellview. Well, and beside Larry, we have? Beside Larry, we have my grandfather. No, beside Larry, we have <laughs> Jerry Rosalie, the white little Richard, the original uh, singer, keyboard player for the Sonics, and he lives in Tacoma, Washington. Hello, Jerry. Hello. And beside Jerry, we have? <laughs> beside Jerry, we have our newest acquisition, Dusty Watson, our drummer, uh, fantastic guy, long travel guy. He's from Los Angeles, California. Hello, Dusty. Hey, nice to meet you. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. The Sonics are in the house. <laughs> in the house. Yes, we are. You've arrived. And right off the bat, I want to ask you guys, what do you remember about the last time you were in the house here in Vancouver when you played with? Larry was telling me all about this. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, Larry, please, could you tell what was going on here? The Sonics in Vancouver. Me. I don't remember. That's hell, you know. I don't remember this. That's what they say. The tickets were only $2. Well, the Shangri-Las, did we play with them here? Apparently you did, at the Agrodome in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Were you on this gig, do you think? They screwed them up somewhere somewhere down Oregon. We were supposed to back them up. Really did. No. I mean... (laughs) What happened there, Jerry? Oh, nothing. I've <laughs> never played with us again. Yeah, we, yeah. we like the Shangri Las. Yeah, they they don't like us. They, they, they walking in the sand. Remember, it made us sad when the leader of the pack died. Well, I just like to get a bit of clarification. What's going on here? Did this gig actually happen in Vancouver, or is this a fake poster? Poster. You're denying ever being involved playing with the Shangri Las. Because you're here in Vancouver playing a gig after all these years, and I guess I was thinking, when was the last time you played here? Was there like a hockey brawl? Do you remember a hockey brawl at one of your gigs? You know, we played in Gastown, as I remember, and I think we played at UBC once or twice, too. At the Armory, maybe? I, I don't remember that. Anything specific about that gig? No, the one I remember. Did we play on a ferry boat or something like that? Remember that deal? Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. boat. I remember that the uh, I remember that the Canadian rock fans were real crazy. They were real yeah. fights. Yeah. 
That's right. There was a, there was Different in Tacoma? There's no fights in Tacoma? Well, this was yeah. this was extraordinary. It was just, I mean, we were impressed by it, actually. It was, everybody was fighting. It's probably because of all the servicemen that were there. I played there with the Kingsmen at the body shop, and there was huge fights that went on during that time. Everybody was kung fu fighting, yeah. How about Canada, though, for memories? Like, right now, you're dressed as... Dress, dressed as? You're dressed as the Sonics. Oh. Well, yeah, sort of the the Sonics, the, Son- yeah, the Sonics in our leisure suits. That's right. Because what I was curious about, I heard that there were like these Halloween pumpkin outfits that you have. Yeah, we is them here. is this the Halloween for- pumpkin outfit? Yes, they're orange, and we bought them here, and we have bought some Bo Brummel coats here also. Can you please explain? He can't really see it. What's going on here in this record? The Sonics unreleased. And oh. the tell me about the orange suits. This is a. I think this is a ripoff, isn't it? <laughs> and that's a genie deluxe. This is the one where the guy who put it out doesn't pay any. He doesn't pay royalties anymore. Yeah. So tell us about the orange suits you had there, Rob. The orange suits we we called those our pumpkin suits. They were made like Larry said. They were they were made by a tailor here in in Vancouver, and we only used them for shows. Like we'd open for the Beach Boys or open for Jan and Dean. We would use those for shows. They were real loud. And so you're kind of happy when you can't see them? This guy, he, he's a crook. The guy who put this out is a crook. Jerry Denon? Jerry Denon, yes. He's never paid a royalty to anybody in his life, and he laughs about it. So I'm bringing back bad memories, the pumpkin outfits and this. Just a fact, you know, <laughs> just a fact. You don't want this. The Sonics unreleased. I was curious, though. You did play other gigs, not only in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but you also played, if you would, uh, uh, excuse me while we reach in the vault here, we pull from the vault, this particular gig here in Victoria and Nanaimo, British Columbia. Yeah, we did. We absolutely Big fights were. Nanaimo was, oh, that was something. That's where the bathtub races are. They are indeed. This was Club Tango and in an Nanaimo at Departure Bay Hall. So what happened when the Sonic... Could you give us a setup? What's it like? $3 a day. I don't remember. I remember that we spent a lot of time in a real pretty lake. Remember that? We were up there. Was that Penticton? Yeah. No, uh, the the shows that we did here in British Columbia, they were all really fun. They were really good. So there's Nanaimo. And also, believe it or not, look what else survives from the Sonics right here. Sonics from Seattle. Remember remember where we played when um, the Canadian bands that were there were really into... Uh, San Francisco acid rock and they had light shows and and yeah amoebas on the walls and things and we were in there rock and rolling and and uh, those guys were those guys were totally into that and they were melting the walls and doing all that so everything I ever heard about the Sonics is true probably that's what I heard that's what you used to say didn't you Larry (laughs) I deny I deny everything categorically Everything I ever heard about the Sonics is true, and I was wondering, is it true that barbecue chicken inspired the witch? Well, you'd have to ask the barbecue chicken. I don't recall that. Barbecue chicken did not, so that's wrong then. Everything I heard about the Sonics is not true. <laughs> You're right. It's, it was barbecue chicken. Come on, Jerry. Tell me about the whole story. That's a- <laughs> I don't remember no chicken. 
And this is what I was curious about. There's some amazing photos, and you mentioned her name earlier, Jenny Delaccio. Yep. Can you tell me about these pics? I love, there's a witch right there. She's 96 years old, and she's still doing this. And there's a documentary about her called Her Aim is True. Right. Wow. This photo is incredible. Do you remember? What's going on there? Do you remember this at all, Jerry? I can't even see it. Wow. Do you know who that girl is, don't you? No, this was, look at that. That's before some girl tore my hair out in the front, and I never grew back. Yeah, right that, there. That, that, that's it. And that's, I'm still, <laughs> that's right. Otherwise, I would have bangs still. And this is true. And so that what gig was it ripped out at? Do you remember? Yeah, at the Coliseum in Portland. Because you said you were British? Tell him, Jerry. Huh? Tell him. <laughs> Tell what? him it's true. What? That girl grabbed my hair at the, at the Portland. Yeah. I don't want to be good looking and have hair and everything. That's why his hair is all gone up here. That's right. And also, he said one of them girls grabbed his hand and went <laughs> on her hooter. <laughs> Hooter. Yeah. Oh, what do you call them down in California? Hooter. <laughs> Scratch the hooter. You know there is a there is a little underlying note of truth here because we, I think it was the Seattle Coliseum though, but we we did one of those shows with the Beach Boys and Jan and Dean and and a bunch of people like that, and we opened because we were the local boys. So we did our set, and there was a distance between the stage and back where the dressing rooms were that kind of went through an open area and so we were going to go back to the dressing room and there was a great big crowd back there and as we got about and they had a rope line and as we got about halfway through it uh on our way to the dressing room larry and i got knocked on the floor and somebody had a hold of larry's hair and had my wristwatch and we're trying to take it off and this great big burly security guard larry's going ah my hair god let go of my hair and this great big security guard reached down and grabbed this little girl and said oh you want to pull hair try this <laughs> so yeah what, what he's saying about the hair being ripped out that's can you imagine what i would look like had that not happened yeah so there we have, again, the amazing Jeannie Delaccio pick right there of you pre-hair getting ripped out. <laughs> now, but we haven't answered the question. This amazing Sonics picture by Jeannie Delaccio. What do you remember about that? Like, who, yeah, who is the girl in the picture? I love this pick. Oh, that's the witch. She, like, a daughter of somebody? Uh, Probably of somebody. So did you guys reject this photo? <laughs> did you reject this photo? Uh... The witch. She's the witch. Yeah, but was this going to be the picture sleeve? Like, I never saw this photo before. Yeah, but probably not. We love Jeannie. Jeannie did a lot for us. And, and the big, the iconic Sonic logo, Jeannie did. Uh, we loved her. We had an opportunity about a year ago to be in a radio station with her. And she came and uh, took a lot of pictures. And, and uh, we just love that lady. She's, she's cool. This particular picture, though, was made possible by Norton Records. They've done a great job, haven't they? They have. Putting everything out, re-releasing. And Miriam from Norton Records, didn't she drum for you guys, too, doing Have a Level Travel? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She came to my house, and I made pasta for her and Billy one day. (laughs) Props out to Miriam and Billy. (laughs) She was washing dishes at the sink, and Billy and I were at the table eating pasta. So here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with the... Sonics. With the Sonics. Now show craziness. (laughs) The witch, yes. Strippers versus girlfriends. Say stripper for Freddy. 
Mary Vahovich is the girl model in this picture. But weren't there some strippers versus girlfriends battles like in Spokane? Oh. Spokane. Uh, I don't know anything about that. I never had a girlfriend. <laughs> Just like Led Zeppelin. Like the girlfriends found out that they were strippers and it all happened in Spokane? Uh... If you want to talk strippers, you got to talk Jerry. <laughs> Rob's Mr. Stripper, the girls call it. If they got black fishnet stockings with holes in them, all the better. How about Efreta getting chased out of time? That's right. That's him, too. Oh, my God. He won again. <laughs> How did Jerry win? How did Jerry win? He, I'm done the story. I mean, he keeps getting all these stories, and he, he gets to tell about them. They're all... They're all lies. They're all true. But that was the sheriff. Long the sh- uh, please, Jerry, come a bit closer. You don't have to run away. You can the sheriff it. is not here. The sheriff is not here. Okay. <laughs> was there a sheriff involved? Oh, yeah, sure. Pounding on our door. Well, I don't know if it's a sheriff. Could have been an yeah, undersheriff or something, but sure. Because I'm sort of joking here, like, oh, the Sonics playing punk rock, but nobody had played punk rock in places where you were playing punk rock, so it did get kind of rough. Like, I, you're allowed to be, that's a ba- so you're allowed to have a bad memory of that, or is that a good memory, Jerry? Like, when the cops come to a gig, is that a success for the Sonics? They didn't come to the gig, they came to the motel. Yeah. Okay. Now there's a story. So I'm asking some questions to Jerry. We're not getting an answer. We used to play, you could call it punk rock, we used to play Sonic's Rock and Roll in places where a lot of people in the crowd wore cowboy hats. And uh, didn't like the idea that their girlfriends were winking at us and smiling at us. So you'd see a bunch of bunch of good old boys with flannel shirts and cowboy hats stand there like this, staring at us. So that happened all the time, and that's kind of what happened in Ephrata. That's, you know? that's Eastern Washington. Yeah. Where did you end up in the rafters? Like you were in the rafters at some gig. Which night I did? <laughs> I did that a lot. Wenatchee. But now, you remember um, who's the lead singer for Paul Revere and the Raiders? Uh, Mark Lindsay? Mark Lindsay. He used to do that. He would climb the rafters, you know, hanging. So we played in Wenatchee one night and Rob did that. Now Eddie Vedder's doing it. Oh. And, and I was real successful doing it, except the one time I got up in the rafters and I couldn't get down. <laughs> he left you on the, and we got off the stage and left you up there. The lights, turned off the lights, <laughs> shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> and the rafters were full of horrible yeah, dirt and cobwebs and pigeon poo poo. And I was up there going, guys! Guys, did you have the mic with you? How many songs did you sing in the Sonics? Uh, well, no. In those days, I probably sang fifteen or something because there was just Jerry and me, and we used to do three sets, and and uh, so I would do the blues and the Rolling Stones songs to give Jerry a break. So, yeah, I didn't sing as many as he did, but I probably. You know, out of three sets doing 60 songs, I might have done 15, something like that. What Sonic songs are we hearing now for the first time that we never heard, we never heard in the 1960s? Don't Need No Doctor. Strychnine? No, Don't Need No Doctor. I know, I'm ignoring that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm ignoring that. We like, Strychnine... That up. That's a cut from our brand new album that's just being mixed starting uh, next Monday. What? Jim Diamond endorsed. Yes. Whoa. New album. Yeah. Cool. I guess I was wondering, like, He's Waiting, Cinderella. Did you guys do those ones in the 1960s? Some of those we actually did not do live. Yeah, but I can't remember which ones. No, Cinderella, we never did live. I think we did. We do it now. We do it. He's waiting. Did you do his waiting or strychnine? No. Uh, I don't think we did. Cycle th- and Louie uh, shot down. I think we shot did. Down, boss. Boss, boss. But we're doing those <laughs> now. 
So people would come up and request Trick Nine, and you'd say, "What if we get to it later?" Yeah, <laughs> then we would dart. But you will be getting to it this weekend in yeah, Vancouver, they, British Columbia, Canada. They, they used to request. Uh, <laughs> they used to request Cinderella. Hi guys, would you guys do Cinderella? And go, oh yeah, kid, we'll get right to it. You know, probably in the next next set. And then Larry'd say, "What did he want?" I say, "He wants us to do a song we've never heard of." <laughs> What's really neat, you Sonicy guys, you very punk rock, but you introduced me. You introduced me, Jerry Rosalie, to is it Jerry Rosalie or Rosalie? First off, because I've seen it spelled Rosalie, and I want it to be like Rosalie because that great song, Rosalie, Rosalie. But I, no, Rosalie. But it's been misspelled, though, hasn't it? Yeah. Just like it's Jerry with a G or Jerry with a J. It's so confusing. But despite despite what all it is, Jerry, you introduced me to Frank Zappa. Anyway, <laughs> oh, what were we smoking? <laughs> In fact, I was so excited. I actually interviewed Jerry Denon, and when I interviewed him, I said, "Question: Jerry Denon was Jerry Rosley a big Zappa fan?" And Jerry Denon said, "Absolutely." So I guess I'd like to find out: Were you a big Zappa fan? How did you find that song, Jerry? What song? Any way to which blows. Oh, any way to which blows. Yeah, any way to which blows. <laughs> um, yeah, it was our Frank Zappa album. Who are the brain police? Yes, Susie. Susie Cream Cheese. <laughs> Who was on that recording? Were you on that recording, Larry? Yeah. Was it the full band? Yeah. Like, so you're to blame for that one, too. Well, it was actually a pretty nice song. It was our... Uh, it was our it was our attempt to go commercial or something, but it was a nice song. It was well done. And, and it's the first Zappa thing I ever heard, so thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, sure. Well, we'll leave Tacoma then, and we'll head back up to Seattle, Washington, where we have this program guide that has the Sonics inside. Yes. And if you open it to the annotated place, what do we see there? The Sonys. And underneath, who do we see? That's my old band. The Liverpool Five. Yes. Yes, Freddie, I was curious. The Liverpool Five. Here we have the Liverpool Five. You're not in there, are you? No, I was the first American play in that band. I didn't do any recording, but I played with them for two years. And what's fascinating, there's the Liverpool Five playing with the Sonics. What do you remember about the Liverpool Five? Whoa! (laughs) Do you remember them at all? Well, yeah, sure. I remember remember they had a echo Plex. You know, so they had tape echo in their sound system, and I thought that was really cool. Steve Lane was just down at the um, Reno show. I brought him in. He lives down there, and he came in and saw us all. Yeah. And what's fascinating is, if you look here on the back of this Liverpool Five record, it says Al Schmidt. Who's doing Paul McCartney right now. Oh, yeah. Right. He's doing Paul McCartney. And wasn't he at one time trying to do the Sonics? Did you guys ever hear that? That Al Schmidt phoned up Etiquette Records asking to do something with the Sonics, but nothing happened? No. I never heard that. The RCA deal. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was Al Schmidt. There was RCA and there was Columbia. No. Uh, no, London Records, I guess. Okay. It was called My Dad and it caused a, some turmoil. But So Al Schmidt, who later went on to do Paul McCartney. Right. Much other stuff. And yep. he did Liverpool 5 as well. Yeah, right. He could have oh. done the Sonics. What happened there? That's a good question. Maybe he saw my hair. Boom! <laughs> because this was probably after the Coliseum, <laughs> and that's before you know. That's what I had a lot of hair in the front, and I've told you earlier that girl tore it out. There you go. However.
Or Phil Spector emailed you guys? Is that true? Uh, yeah, we got an e- we just got a one line email from him. Said I always wanted to record you guys, and I think that was from where he was incarcerated. So m- maybe he wasn't himself. <laughs> Thank you for it. So that was just recently, then. No, that was, was, uh, that was about two years ago. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So that is recently. Battle of the Bands. Here are the Sonics on the cover of this record, Flash and... I can't read it. Crash. Flash and Crash. Uh, just another Jerry Dennis. Battling. You're battling the band called The Counts, who do the song, the Turn On song. Oh, I remember The Counts, yeah. Having talked about our orange pumpkin suits, we're wearing them in that shot. So that is an orange pumpkin shot. And this is, this is misidentified as being... Jerry, George Washington, but it's not, as you can see. And Jerry, you're poking from the side there. So who won the Battle of Bands? The Sonics versus the Counts. Walter Raleigh. Mm. Uh, With Dewey Martin. Were you in the audience at this gig? What were you doing at this time? I saw some of this stuff in Spokane. I was just a kid back then, like 14 or something. This was Seattle Coliseum. I love for some of those Battle of the Bands that they say, losing bands should have heads shaved on stage. Have you ever seen those? No, I haven't. Did you remember going to any Battle of the Bands at all, Jerry? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, Whalers, um, Galaxies. How did you guys do? Did you compete actually against the Whalers? It was never a battle. No, no, it wasn't really a battle. It too serious. No, there was no battle. It was just to get the people. Okay, Sonics. The Tri-Cities. Was going to ask you also about an important artist for the Sonics, Bill Doggett. Oh, yeah. Why can't you tell the people about Bill Doggett? Because he did leaps and bounds. Please tell the people about... Hockey Dog, too. Hockey Dog, part one, and part two, part three. He did a lot of that stuff. Bass players really loved him. So this was part of the Sonic set at one time. It was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Probably um, Freddie King for guitar players and then Bill Doggett for bass. So we have Bill... Johnny and the Hurricanes. The Witch actually was, believe it or not, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, a number two hit? It was a number two hit? Well, it was a number two down in Seattle and Tacoma also. We had Psycho go to number five. Well, we didn't find out for 35 years that The Witch actually was number one, but the big rock station in Seattle, KJR, wouldn't do that. They actually put Petula Clark's downtown as number one and The Witch as number two. Well, it turned out we were number one by a a long shot, but the uh, local disc jockeys wouldn't play it during the day. They didn't want to scare the housewives, and and so they only played it during uh, high school hours, you know, from four to six, something like that, and they couldn't make it number one. And the program director 35 years later said, yeah, well, actually, the witch really was number one. We just couldn't do it. And I never, you know, none of us understood what the big deal was, because if you listen to the lyrics in The Witch, there's there's nothing nasty, there's nothing suggestive, you know, it's, it's fine, it's just words. But uh, they thought that uh, we were summoning up demons from hell or something. I, thought, I don't know what they thought. But. What about Psycho, though? Isn't that a scarier song? Isn't Psycho a scarier song? Scared the hell out of me. Because I was thinking, like, Psycho going to number five in Vancouver. Does that show Vancouver's cooler in Seattle? Did it maybe it went to number five? Absolutely. Although, how did it do in Seattle? How did Psycho do in Seattle? Do you remember at all? No. I, I, Higher than five, maybe? I don't know. So Vancouver's cool that we made it at number five with Psycho. Yeah, yep. probably right. That's just convincing. Is one higher than five? 
<laughs> okay, baboom. <laughs> now, another thing I'd like to find out about the Sonics right here is Jimmy Hanna right here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Jimmy Hanna. Now, he's playing. What was this venue here? Could you please explain? It's the old Parkers on Aurora, which they just tore down, by the way. And it was also the Aquarius on its second Reformation. But what a great place. Incredible. Original Sonics. We played there all the time. Here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with the... Sonics. Now, I first got into the Sonics because I walked into a record store in Vancouver, Zulu Records, and I said, I would like to hear Louie Louie because I'd heard there was this great song called Louie Louie. And the girl behind the counter, the girl behind the counter said, you have to check out the... Sonics. Sonics. And it was forever changed. Now, I would like to ask you, Sonics, what would have happened if I asked the girl for a record behind the counter and I ended up getting this particular recording right here, Louie Louie by Lil Bill. Oh, yeah. That's probably the first version. Right. From the Northwest, anyway. So I got your version. I didn't get the Louie Louie Lil Bill version. What can you say about the Louie Louie Lil Bill version? Would I have been changed if I had heard that? Not as much as here in ours. Ours was more menacing. And this was this was uh, more... Calypso. And then the waiters come out with their version that was probably the most heavily copied, which was great. Lil Bill and the Blue Notes. How familiar were you with this version when you guys came up with your own version of Louie Louie? I don't remember hearing that one. No, I, I just remember the Whalers version. Yeah, the Whalers had a version of it that was being played on the radio, the Whalers and Rock and Robin, and, and that's, that's what we listened to. What about records by other bands from Tacoma, such as this particular combo right here, the Converters? Have you ever heard of the Converters at all? No, I have not. Never, never. That's kind of a Whalers feel. Apparently there were some like Whalers members maybe in it. What are the bands that you remember from that time? Like who was the competition for the Sonics at the time? Like, we have the Converters here. Anybody you can remember? Well, the Whalers. Uh, yeah, Whalers, Galaxy. I guess they're God. I think I think of the Whalers as God, so I kind of removed them from the equation, Is that, if that's okay. The, the Regents, yeah. The Statics. Ron Gardner had a band called the Bootman for a while. Uh, there was really, in terms of once everybody was rolling, there was really only two bands in Tacoma um, that were doing much, and that was the Whalers and the Sonics. When is the first time that the Sonics encountered Jimi Hendrix? Uh, Spanish Castle. He wanted to sit in. He had his own equipment, too. And we said, you know, get the hell out of here. Hey, kid. making all that noise. Yeah. Had you seen any of his other bands at all? Did you guys ever see any of his other bands? No, I, I never did. So how did you know it was Jimi Hendrix? Like years later you figured it out? or how did the, come to the Spanish Castle all the time, and he would set up and, and play during the breaks. Do you remember seeing him there? I didn't because I was too young, but I heard from Ned Neltner and other people in the industry that played there, Rich D'Angelo and all that. He used to come and play the interludes with the Whalers and stuff. Right. Some of the guys in the Whalers said that they were playing at the Spanish Castle, and their lead guitar player, Rich Dangle, blew his amp up. And they said something over the PA, and this young black kid said, well, I got an amp in my car, and ran out and got his amp and brought it in and plugged it in, and the Whalers finished the night, and that was Jimmy. But There's a great story with Pat O'Day when he met Jimi Hendrix, and he, he forgot who he was, and when he came in, he goes, hi, Jimmy, he's, now I can come to the front door. You know, <laughs> he goes, "Oh my God, that's the kid that used to play at the Spanish Castle all the time." And he's a huge star then. What do you remember though about that night though when he came up? He went to jam- so he could have actually jammed. Now, you sure it was him though, eh? 
Well, I, I came, I'm told it was him all the time, but I don't recall actually him playing anything. I think we just said no. We usually said no when somebody asked to sit in. How about for the later era of the Sonics? And we're speaking to the Sonics here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You mentioned playing in Gastown. There's this poster from 69 of the Sonics What's playing. Sonics. Is this, oh, is this the Sonics? Chrome Circus, yeah. I remember that. That was... Yeah, that. What can you tell the people about this particular poster and this version of the Sonics? Well, this is... Well, the version of the Sonics, it was the same Sonics. It was the five of us. But the, the picture has nothing to do with what it was. This was the gig where the Chrome Circus was doing psychedelic stuff on the walls. But we weren't playing in 69. Were we? We stopped playing in 66. 66. I don't know. Somebody said 69. It says 69 on the poster. I don't know. Maybe it was... The only Sonics I'm familiar with was Jim Brady and the Sonics at that time. A horn band. Did you play on any Jim Brady stuff? What happened? Could you just tell the people what happened there, Larry? Like, you quit the Sonics or the Sonics is over? What's going on here? Well, you know, this is like two years after I left. Yeah, so I, I... Yes, I left because of the military, Vietnam, and all that stuff. And then Jim Brady and then uh, Danny Hofer came in and uh, uh, Randy Hyatt. And, but the whole, the whole nature of the band was different. They were playing lounges. Uh, Did they do sonic songs? No. No, they were doing more, you know, more lounge music. You know, and they had horn sections. And so the Sonics, your last gig, what was your last gig before your big reunion gig at the Paramount, as documented on the Fans Only record? What was your last gig before the reunion in 72? I don't remember because, like Larry was saying, we kind of left at different times. Jerry left... Um, I went in the military. Uh, Larry wound up going in the military. It, it kind of trickled out. I don't remember a last gig of the Sonics. I don't think it was that way. Uh, we dribble off one by one. Yeah. Winding up here with the Sonics in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, back to Seattle, Washington. Is it true also? Actually, I'm kind of going against what I actually said to begin with because everything I've heard about the true, everything I've heard about the Sonics is true. But is it true that the Sonics team the basketball team paid you ten thousand dollars no no i read that somewhere no that's not true they lied to you so you could have got ten thousand from them no they we did not you never tried to go up against them because you were first right the sonics sued the sonics great publicity yeah, that would be pretty amazing yeah yeah go up to slick watson and go hey you owe me ten thousand bucks slick yeah. you know we're yeah, pretty brown <laughs> Jerry, we're back here with the Sonics, but for a while there you had the Cinderella version of the Sonics, the Invaders, the Jerry Rosalie effect. What was that? Well, that was some guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was some guys that came up and said, you want to do some songs on an album? And, he, and uh, they said, uh, well, we yeah, they said, can we call it the Sonics? I said, no, don't call it the Sonics. I don't want to do that. They said, okay, we'll call it the Invaders. And then when they put the record, they said, hey, we got the record. And the guy puts it out and like that. And I says, well, what's the Sonics on here for? Well, the uh, guy promoter in L.A. said that would probably sell better. <laughs> no, he's kidding. You know? <laughs> that was bad news. And did you do any gigs with them? Like, how long did that last? I never even played as them with a band. I came in to the where they had a room with a recorder and all that. And I was just singing the tracks. I never played with that band. So the next time that you're on stage from the last note of the Sonics was all the way to 72? Like there was nothing in between? For the, with the Sonics? No, just 72 was the last. 
So you just walked into the room and laid down your vocals, and then they said you're part of the band. Yeah, yeah, it was a total phony. And at this time, Larry, you were involved in this particular band, Charlie and the Tunas. <laughs> yeah, you notice how everybody's necks were crooked? We changed members so much that all we just ended up doing is we, used, we had black on white. We just cut the heads off and replaced them. Charlie Keister. <laughs> see, this is for Sonic Completus, right? Charlie and the Tunas. What can you say about Charlie and the Tunas? Oh, it's just a nickel-dime band. I mean, this was after I, I hadn't played since 66 and this was in the, sometime in the 80s so it was, a, it was a way of getting back and trying to learn to play again it was fun though yeah I'm there I'm, I'm, holy that, did you have a beard yeah. look at that neck yeah I had a beard were you the bearded guy yeah holy mackerel look at that god it looks it looks like the Unabomber. <laughs> Look at his neck. I mean, you can tell his neck's not on right. <laughs> you weren't paying attention at this time, Rob, because you were flying airplanes? I was someplace else, yeah. I never heard of Charlie and the Tunas, but that's no big deal because they never heard of me either. So you were a commercial pilot? Yes. So did you meet any Sonics fans at all when you were doing your commercial piloting at all? Did you ask them up to the front? All the time. Who did you run into? Like, did you actually really carry Springsteen around and then you found out that you were in the Sonics inadvertently? I didn't carry him around, but I flew him from Los Angeles to West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, he and his wife. And then he found out you were in the Sonics? Like, did you tell people, hi, it's Captain... I used to play the Sonics. <laughs> yeah. I guess I was just curious of people that you encountered. Well, he, did a, uh, he did a show in Seattle and uh, he said, I'm going to do a song by the Sonics and I'm not talking about the basketball team. And so he did Have Love Will Travel. So I was flying him, and uh, his wife was asleep, and it was the middle of the night, and we're halfway across the country, and I walked back, and he engaged me in conversation, and I said, I'm glad I had a chance to talk to you, because uh, you did a nice thing for me and some friends of mine, and I wanted to thank you for it. And he said, oh, what was that? And I said, well, my name's Rob Lind, I'm a sax player in the Sonics, and all he wanted to talk about was how Larry got that fabulous tone out of his... Uh, yeah, so we had a good conversation. He's a very nice guy. His wife is a very nice lady. Nice people. Over the years, did you encounter anybody else that liked the Sonics in that way when you were flying them around? Like even in Vietnam, were there any pickup bands you played with in Vietnam? Yeah, well, yeah, there was, but it had nothing to do with the Sonics. It was no, I I flew people every once in a while. I flew the Beach Boys. Um, I flew the manager of the Eagles and a couple of the guys from the Eagles. Did you get to control the onboard music at all and like pump some Sonics there? to do with that. I, I was just, uh, no, I was just sitting in the seat minding my own business. The Sonics, original, original, Northwest. Oh, this is the same guy who doesn't pay royalties, isn't it? An original Northwest punk. Yeah, a crook calling us punk. I'll be damned. How about that? Like you, it goes back to Hooters, doesn't it? You picked up Cavalier magazine, a nudie mag. It wasn't Hooters. It was a just a cafe next to a music store. Yeah, I was going through it. I wasn't looking at the pictures at all. I was making sure I didn't look at the pictures. And all of a sudden, there was an article there about the Sonics. From it was uh, something about people in the audience in New York City yelling, you know, do certain songs, which is pretty incredible. And then I found an, an Italian magazine. I couldn't read it, but I knew it was about the Sonics. And we started hearing more and more about it all the time. Because people have come up to you, Rob, haven't they, and said, you're not a garage band. You've said, well, we're not a Farfisa band. What can you tell people about that? You're not a Farfisa band, the Sonics. Well, I'm not familiar with that term. 
I think you were talking about in Greece. People were wondering about... Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 we went in to do our sound check, and before we went in, the owner was you know really nice, but sort of scared. We did the sound check. He came out to me and was almost crying, saying, that's not garage! That's not garage! So... I told him we don't play garage we play sonic music so we played that night and the audience really liked it and then he came and slobbered all over me just really happy he loved Larry Hill, yeah. not mm. that there's anything wrong with that yeah, I borrowed money from him too and I'll never pay it back <laughs> he borrowed money <laughs> they just didn't do 96 tears see what was the garage the, back then the Farfisa you know yeah, he went from that to coming up to our dressing room after we'd finished our first encore and begging us to go back out and play some more. They're not leaving. You guys got to come back and play something else. And I also noticed that Dawn in the Good Times, they cut the witch. Which cover versions of the witch do you know? They tried to cover, tried to cover our release, I mean, within days. And they recorded at the same place, didn't they, with Kearney? I don't know. It's only going to sound at the witch. Syndicate of Sound, DMZ did the witch. And Hart did the witch, too, didn't they, Jerry? Yeah, they did it live in Seattle, I think it was. Yeah, it's on YouTube there. Really good version. It's pretty amazing. Seattle bringing it with the version of the witch. Yeah. How about a band called Tilla and the Huns? And they do a version of the witch called Mojo Cool. So it's a complete ripoff of you guys. Did you ever hear bands ripping you off in the 60s like that, perhaps? We were too busy ripping them off. <laughs> Baboom. <laughs> yeah, borrowing money. Rips first, rips <laughs> and you're able to rip off Neil Young. You've done Keep on Rocking in the Free World. Well, we tried that for a couple of nights and, and moved on. It's a nice song. I, I wouldn't consider it ripping anybody off. We just played it because we like it. Winding up here with the... Sonics. The Sonics. There's some new recordings of you guys coming out with Jim Diamond. How's that been going? Like Jim Diamond. What's it like being with Jim Diamond? Uh, it was cool. He, had, he was really focused. So he was really good at... Letting us know what would be the appropriate way to express something and what wouldn't be in order to fit his image of where we're going. Now we got to see. Did he seem nervous to be around the Sonics at all? No, no. If you, one thing you can say about Jim is, is he wasn't nervous. No, he's very, uh, he's very uh, upfront and and uh, direct. How many tracks did you cut? 14. 12, 14? Well, I thought it was 12. 12. Room, but two for in case somebody else. Oh, yeah. Are you performing any of them these days? Maybe. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So it won't just be like that record you did with the Invaders then. No. No. <laughs> Freddie does uh, I Don't Need No Doctor. Sorry I didn't give that one enough credit. I'm sorry. Maybe you, right. you should give Ray Charles a credit. <laughs> you love the doctor, though. Um, I just went and saw him yesterday. He gave me a flu shot. So, you know. You feel there's some pressure being the Sonics. No, we just we just go do what we do and have fun. I, I don't think any of the guys feel any pressure about. With it. people coming from all over the world to see the Sonics, like we've traveled all over the world to go see the Sonics, you get a bit nervous that like they've come all this way to go see you guys. What if you drink enough? are you? I'm Rob.
This is KTNT and KTNT-FM in Tacoma, Washington. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Again, as on every Friday night, from 10.35 to 11, we're here. This is Don Pitts, and we're coming to you live from the stage of the beautiful Red Carbon on 52nd South Tacoma Way. We'd like to have all you guys and gals driving their cars right about this minute to come on, drop in. We've got a real lively crowd here tonight featuring the music of the Sonics. I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the Sonics. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You can tell they're well liked, that's for sure. Isn't this a great background music? Hey, Tom, can I say hello to Dol Dolores and Shirley? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's bring on uh, one of Tacoma's best. He plays the finest in jazz, about five, jazz. Again, you mix up with Brooke. Teen time. No kidding, he, he really does. He plays the finest in teen time, nine to 12, every night of the week. Our great big old lemon Tom Coleman. Hey, hey. Yeah, here we are once again, as Don said off of that. Live music from the stage of the Red Carbon South Tacoma. Is everybody ready to dance? Alrighty, what's the first number? In the open. In the open, and here we go. Uh, gotta, How many one. tracks did you cut? 14. 12, 14? Well, well, I thought it was 12. Home, but 12. two for in case somebody else. Oh, yeah. Are you performing any of them these days? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So it won't just be like that record you did with the Invaders then. No, no. <laughs> Freddie does uh, I don't need no doctor sorry I didn't give that one enough credit I'm sorry maybe you right. you should give Ray Charles a credit <laughs> you love the doctor though um, I just went and saw him yesterday he gave me a flu shot so, you, know. you feel there's some pressure being the Sonics no we just we just go do what we do and have fun I, I don't think any of the guys feel any pressure about with it. people coming from all over the world to see the Sonics like we've traveled all over the world to go see the Sonics to get a bit nervous that like they've come all this way to go see you guys what if you drank enough yeah. Baboom. Yeah. So the only guy that maybe was angry was a promoter in Greece. That was the only guy that maybe was angry. Well, he didn't stay angry very long. <laughs> like, has anybody thought you were Jim Brady at all? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, we got the wrong Sonics here. In, I think the guy in Greece thought what he was going to hear when we started soundcheck was question mark and the Mysterians. And, yeah, and he expecting to hear 96 tears, and we came out and did what we do, and, and uh, that blew his mind turned out the crowd loved it people were diving off the stage had a mosh pit going it was just awesome the crowd loved it and then he went from oh my god you guys aren't playing like the mysterians to begging us in the come back down please do something else we actually i'm not proud of this but well i am proud of it because i'm proud of the guys but we were coming down the stairs. The dressing room was up above the stage. We're going, okay, okay. We're all soaking wet. We put our beers down. Said, all right, we better go do one more song. We're coming down the stairs in front of this whole packed house. And we said, well, let's do strict nine again, I guess. Let's do that. And, and as we're getting down, Freddie says, well, what the hell? Why don't we just do Long Tall Sally? Or Jenny, what was it, Sally or Jenny? It was, Jen it was Sally. It was Long Tall Sally. We're walking across the stage. Larry's putting his guitar on. We're picking up our instruments going, okay, well, Long Tall Sally, what key you guys want to do that in? I F, okay. 
and that was our encore and uh, we just pulled it right out of the air and did it it's not a song that we played and we knew how to play it we, we knew how to play all the little richard songs but but uh yeah i was pretty proud of that five guys uh, walking about us from here is from here to the lobby putting a song together go out and play in a packed house full of people so that worked pretty good now i was wondering lastly here dusty you are in the rock and roll band now known as the Sonics. Sonics, yes. Does Dusty forget he's in the Sonics? <laughs> Sonics. Because I was thinking, if you forget you're in the Sonics, things could go horribly wrong. Like, you did some drumming for the Booyah Tribe, the rap band? Mm, yeah, the Booyah Tribe. They're, um, they called me Angel Dust. Hey, Angel Dust. So, um, yeah, that was pretty interesting, Gay. Because they're pretty cool. Like, you've drummed for the Booyah Tribe. You've drummed for the Queers. What do the rest of the Sonics know about you? Um, very little actually you know I try and keep that all separate and uh, keep that away from them I don't want to scare them or anything you know I'm a little bit worried about scaring them off but actually they um, when we first yeah when I first saw you guys was in Italy we were on the same festival the beat festival with Gianni the titty twister Gianni and um, he uh, the what titty, twi- titty twister that is anyway. titty twister I'm moving around. I ask Jerry about the titties <laughs> so we got to play a festival together and we were, we were having fun and uh we saw each other the next day it was pretty cool and then i saw saw them again a couple years later at the ink and iron festival and uh, i was playing with another band there and um, of course i was doing like sonic fills you know nothing like bob bennett snare drum rolls so i like to put them in anywhere i can and um and rob was standing out in front of me just about how he's standing now just about like this and he goes if we ever need a drummer we're gonna call you and i said you better damn do that you know and sure as shit he did you know well, I'm so happy it happened. He gave me his phone number, and I took it home, put it in my sock drawer, and uh, a year later, I went, wait a minute, I Dusty's number's here somewhere, and found it, and the rest is rock and roll history. Well, thanks so much, Sonics. You're from the Northwest. Lastly, I wanted to ask about D.B. Cooper. Any D.B. Cooper sightings? No. no I D.B. Cooper, D.B. Cooper, D.B. Cooper. Do you have any ideas behind D.B. Cooper at all? Because like, it's such a great mystery in the Northwest. He's a very smart man. He lives in Larry's basement under an assumed name. Maybe I should borrow some money from him. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Sonics, from Tacoma, Washington. Keep on rocking in the free world. And do, 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 (laughs) do, 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 And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there an interview with the Sonics from Seattle, Washington. Interluded with a tiny little bit there towards the end. I'm not sure if you heard it. Well, actually, you probably did hear it. With the Sonics live from September 1964 at the Red Carpet. That was them live in 1964 at the red carpet. Decided to kind of <coughs> interrupt the interview with some red carpeting right there. An interview with the Sonics. So that was the Sonics live at the red carpet from 1964. You heard a tiny little bit there. Coming up on the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show, gonna play something from 2008 by the Sonics. 
So yes, you're listening to Denardoir, the Human Serviette Radio Show. That was an interview with the Sonics, a brand new interview with the Sonics, and wanted to play something now. You heard something from September 1964, live at the red carpet, the Sonics. Wanted to play something now from 2008, October 31st, 2008. So, this right here is a difference of 44 years. What the Sonic sounded like in 1964 to what the Sonic sounded like in 2008. And the reason I'm playing this is a lot of the Sonic stuff has been played over and over and over again. And a lot of people are very familiar with it. But I don't think too many people are familiar with this particular recording because I made it! It was done in very primitive conditions at the Sonics gig in Seattle, Washington at the Paramount Theater on October 30th, 2008. You can hear the Sonics playing. going to play as much as I can before the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show ends of the Sonics live October the 31st, 2008. Again, because you probably heard a lot of this stuff, but this is some live versions of the songs from 2008. All about the Sonics today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show. So here's the Sonics from October 31st, 2008. And eight live at the Paramount Theater. It is my pleasure, it is my honor.
with, but not real sure. But there was some talk that we used to drink this stuff straight. That's an absolute lie. Never ever did that. Kenner did it once or twice, but I never did. He doesn't drink it anymore.